Hi, everybody. This is Norman with our daily podcast, Might As Well Jump, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring. This is episode eight of season one, Might As Well Jump, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring second language learner, and episode eight, about confidence. You know, I was working with a student the other day and we got to talking about confidence and the student was saying, well, one of my objectives is to feel more confident or to be more confident. And I started thinking about this. Well, honestly, it's something that I've thought about before, but it got, it reminded me of the dilemma. And I started to ask myself a few questions. What exactly do we mean by confidence? Am I confident? Have I ever been confident? And how does it feel to feel confident? Well, if we talk about what confidence is, I think that what we need to be able to do is to really be clear on the feeling. And there are a number of questions that come to mind that we need to take into consideration. How do we know we are sincerely confident? How do we know we're being honest with ourselves and not just posturing? How do we prevent ourselves from descending the rabbit hole, you know, the rabbit hole of endlessly searching for, waiting on that elusive confidence, whatever that might be. And then I thought to myself, what is required for someone to transition to confidence? What, what is this whole idea of confidence? Well, I got to thinking about it, and I'd like to share this idea with you, that instead of confident, how about if we focused more on more on a clear understanding of our abilities and our ability to produce results, desired results. This particular season, we're talking about second language learners, third language learners, people like you and me who have had to learn languages for, for different reasons. And if we're talking about having a clear understanding of our results, of our desired results, then we could say that confidence is a byproduct. Confidence is a byproduct. A byproduct of what? Well, it's a byproduct of our awareness of our ever-improving effectiveness in obtaining our selected results. Now, this awareness is critical. My confidence grows as I become aware of the fact that I am producing particular results at will. Now, as I said before, we are placing this within the context of second language learners. So, the more effective I am at producing the kinds of responses that I expect from my audience, from my interlocutors, from the people that I'm communicating with, and that I am made sensitive to this, that I am made aware of this, then that 
awareness will contribute to my feeling of confidence. Now, admittedly, uh, sometimes we might need some help. We might need someone, an outsider, to help us see what we cannot see about ourselves and our results. Now, this outsider could be a, a professional. It could be a teacher. It could be a coach. It could be a very close friend. It could be somebody that can look at you objectively and say, you know, when you're speaking, when you're communicating, I really get what you're trying to say. You, when you speak, your words just flow more easily than before. I really understand when you present an argument and you're pretty much as convincing as you are in your native language. Now, as I said before, it could be a teacher that would be able to give you this objective feedback, or it could be a coach, a language coach, or a coach in general. And sometimes we really need that. In previous episodes, we've spoken about one of my favorite words, which is blind spots. The blind spots, those are the imperatives for cooperation and collaboration. Why? Because we've all got them. And what's even worse is that for many of us, we don't even know we have them. So it really is important. And I believe it's that awareness. It's that understanding of how effective we are and how we are progressing in our effectiveness to communicate what we intend to communicate. Now, in terms of determining our effectiveness, yeah, we would have to set criteria. So what is my criteria for determining effectiveness? That's a tough one because aside from doing exercises or working in class in a safe environment or in a less safe environment preparing for a standardized test, aside from that, your determination of your level of effectiveness will come through what I like to say or I like to call the school of hard knocks, meaning real life, engaging, getting out there and communicating. Be that at work, if that's what you need to do, at school, if you are integrating a, a new school where children speak the target language that you're trying to learn, or in your community. But at some point, the only way that you're going to be able to get a clear idea of your effectiveness and have a chance of convincing yourself that what you're trying to communicate is actually effective is by communicating in real time. There might be other ways of doing it, and I would be really, really happy to receive feedback, uh, comments, anecdotes from all of you listeners out there who can tell me, well, Norman, there are other ways that I can be clear on my effectiveness. I would love to hear them. And I am 
right now, I wouldn't say trapped, but definitely encased in this particular way of seeing it. Maybe I've got blind spots. I don't know. I would love to know because my experience as a teacher and as a student of languages is that there is no better uh, sign or no better indication of your effectiveness than getting out there and actually communicating. In our previous episode, I spoke about my experience as a as a Spanish language learner at the age of 15 in Ecuador. And I was thinking a little bit about, well, what was the criteria that helped me determine that I was actually communicating effectively? And I came up with a few with a few bits of criteria that in no particular order, but I have a list here that I could share with you. And one of the things, and I found it to be so critical, was timing. You know, when I talk about timing, I'm talking about when you're having this multi-participant conversation or a debate about anything and nothing at all. And are you able to participate, to jump in and go with the ebb and flow of the exchange to be able to pick your spots, to interject, be listened to and understood, and at the same time, allow the flow to continue on to other participants. That whole timing issue, being able to jump right into that flow of conversation without hesitancy, without translating, without the without the gaps that can take place when we are not communicating effectively. And the reactions we would get, you know, if we got a strong reaction from the people we were talking with, be it positive or negative, or maybe you would get a rebuke, which would be even better. It means maybe you offended somebody and you wanted to, you wanted to challenge them. I don't know. But the timing, I believe, is a part that when you feel that you are seriously in the flow of a dynamic conversation among your peers, among others, and you're able to jump in there, say what you have to say, be understood, appreciated, hated, whatever, allow the other person to have the word, move in and out. It's like a dance. And the only way to learn how to dance is to dance is to get out there, step out, and do it. And so what we've got here is the first criteria. The second one I have is, was I able to make people laugh with well-timed and appropriate wit? I am not, by nature, a funny person, but like everybody, we have, each of us has these opportunities to interject a funny comment maybe a sarcastic comment, maybe a little hint of cynicism, a little hint of irony. And when you're able to do that 
in a way that is well-timed and appreciated, well, that was my second bit of criteria that I could look at and in a, in a very subjective way, gauge if I was being effective. Here's another one. And this was one that I remember I'm placing this within the context of teenagers uh, growing up in a competitive atmosphere, which is really the world of kids in general, it would seem. And being able to effectively reply in a ranking contest where people are trying to rank on each other and the, you know, the, the half insult, we, we have all these uh, different ways of, of just kind of prodding others to bother them in one way or another. So, you know, to be able to participate effectively in a ranking contest, this is something that many of us find difficult even in our own language because maybe it's also part of our personality, right? There are people I know who are so quick. They are quick-witted. You could say something, they have this, this quick and intelligent way of responding. And then there are others like myself who are not so quick. Okay, you know who you are, you know what you're good at, you know what you're not good at, but can you at least reach your, your natural level in the target language? This is one of the more difficult things to do, I think. And if you're not able to respond in a nice, biting way, and I say it with a, with a big smile on my face because I, I admire people that are, are very quick-witted, but at least if you can at least acknowledge it, acknowledge the other person's jab and say, oh, that's a good one. Okay, okay, you got me on that. You got me. That was another bit of criteria that I used in order to try and have an idea as to whether I was being effective. And I, I found these, these three criteria that I just talked about, they really were important for me at that time in my, in my life. Later on, my ability to, to draft, to write, to create, and to deliver an effective presentation. At the end of my senior year in high school in Ecuador, I had to give a presentation on a particular uh, scientific topic, okay? And because in our section, we were doing sciences, you know, biology and chemistry. That was our track, and that was part of the uh, educational system in Ecuador. And so I had to prepare a, a, like a thesis for the end of year and present my arguments, my findings uh, in front of a panel in Spanish. I did it. I got a very good grade. I passed successfully. And that would be another piece of criteria that would inform inform my self-image, inform the picture I have of my ability to effectively communicate. And it's that understanding that will contribute to this building of what we call confidence, that knowledge that we're being effective. And so I, I ask then, you know, what is the particular criteria for you? 
what are the signs that you're looking for to know that you have successfully communicated? In order to determine this, now you might need a teacher, you might need a coach to, to help you identify your criteria, your context, what's important for you, what do you need to communicate, and how will you know that you're communicating effectively going towards the end result because confidence at the end of the day is a byproduct of our awareness of our results and the clearer we are on that the better the chances that we can build our confidence and do so methodically and consistently guys if any of you ever needs advice or um any kind of help in determining your objectives, your criteria, please let me know. I would be delighted to help you out. And if I can, I, I would be, certainly be able to point you in the direction of people who can. So take care, great care of yourselves. I want to say thank you for your time. This has been a short episode this time, but we will join, we will get together uh, tomorrow. For our next episode, in the meantime, I wish you a fantastic day. Take care and talk soon. Bye-bye.